decisions made. Oh, wow, I didn't see you all up there. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Don't jump. People, I'm Dave Rubin. It's March 21st, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Share, subscribe, tap that notification bell if you have not. And if you want to join us, as always, for the post-game show where you can correct me if I've made any factual errors. You can ask me questions. You can comment. You can say whatever you want. And you can live chat with all of our people during the show. RubenReport.Locals.com. Uh, before we do anything, you, you may notice that I've got a situation brewing here. Uh, those of you that watch the show every day, and more and more of you are doing that, and we appreciate it. Uh, about two weeks ago, Justin, who's my oldest son, he's about seven months, he's starting to crawl. He's grabbing everything. And they, they, he likes the beard. So I let him kind of just grab and do whatever he wants. And he's kind of poking me around. Anyway, these kids with the nails, they're like Freddy Krueger, these kids, unless you stay on it with the nails. And he slashed me in the eye about two weeks ago. And the thing is, when we do this show, I'm not big on uh, makeup. This isn't uh, cable news channel over here, but we do a little powder, a little something just to make sure my face is on correctly. And I think we might've infected my eye a little bit with the powder. And something last night, I was itchy. It's also been very, very polleny here in the Miami area, South Florida right now, especially Southeast Florida. Like a lot of stuff is blooming and growing. So I've been a little nipply and whatever. I was itching my eye, my eye. So yeah, there's a situation going on. It is what it is. I didn't get punched. Nobody from the, uh, you know, DeSantis goons heard me say gay out on the street and whacked me. It was not that. I was, I was abused by a seven-month-old. That's really the truth. That's where we're at. I'm going to the dermatologist today at 1.15 p.m. We thought maybe we'd delay the show today and then we all had a meeting and we said, no, Dave, you must get out there. The news is so important. People will accept it. They will accept that something ain't right with your eye. And then we realized I've got the trusty uh, fake newsman glasses, which uh, does that help or hurt? What, what do we think, guys? Does this help or hurt the situation? Am I calling attention to it? Or Connor likes them. Connor likes them. Guys, wow, I'm getting nods from everybody's into it. Wow, everybody's kind of into it. But is it is it changing the... Look at that, Jesus. I was abused by a seven-month-old. What a world. Anyway, we'll see what we can do with these. But the point of the show today is that there is an awful lot of nonsense out there. There is an endless amount of nonsense. Oh, I do want to address one other thing. Yesterday, the show was very saucy. It was very salty, you might say. Uh, there was some language, some sexual references. A few people emailed me after and they said, Dave, love the show, love what you're doing. Uh, but you know, all the, this person on their knees, that person, this, who has a penis, it's a bit much. So today I'm gonna try to clean it up a little bit. I'm pretty sure all of those emails came from Daphne actually. She just emailed me after the show and she's like, what the hell are you doing with your life, really? Uh, anyway, today we're gonna talk a little bit about Fauci. We're gonna talk about the DC swamp. We're gonna talk about this Trump situation. We're gonna talk about the reaction uh, that DeSantis got after jumping in the fray and just how all of this is leading us to just more culture wars and all of the stuff. And how do we see, stay sane within that? And I have papers here to show you that I know what I'm doing. But before we do any of that, guys, I want to talk to you about balance of nature. I've got two jars right in front of me. You know, nothing is more fundamental than the fact that fruits and vegetables are good for you. But eating all the fruits and vegetables you need can be time consuming and expensive which is why I take Balance of Nature. It gives me a foundation of nutrition 
and the positive effects of a wide variety of fruits and vegetables in just a few seconds. See why hundreds of thousands of people take Balance of Nature every day. Get 35% off your preferred order when you use discount code DAVE. That's 35% off your first preferred order when you use discount code DAVE. And now back to me. I wonder if I rub the veggie one on my eye. Do you think that might solve some of my problems? We could try that after the show. We could ground. No, don't rub the veggie one on your eye, Connor says. Okay, won't do it. By the way, if you're in the locals comments right now and you have any ideas, I also put a warm compress on it this morning. Then I took a, an ice cold teething toy and I did that. So we warm and cold, hot and cold, did a little bit of that. But if you have any other ideas before I get to the dermatologist, we are, we are open and ready for business. Uh, okay, so first off, before we do anything related to the Trump thing and this fiasco in New York and that whole nonsense, uh, if, if you did not see these clips yesterday, this is really wild. PBS, public broadcast station, uh, has released a new documentary about Anthony Fauci and the COVID response. Uh, now, this is, of course, you know, basically three years after two weeks to stop the spread and that nonsense. And it's incredible to me that they even released this thing. Fauci comes off looking so profoundly ridiculous uh, and unfactual and nonsensical and several other adjectives I need not say uh, that I am amazed that this was allowed to be released. Uh, so here is the first part. We're going to show you a couple of clips of this thing. It's just absolutely incredible. Here is Fauci at the, you know, this is right at the beginnings of COVID. He's in D.C. He goes to an economically depressed neighborhood in D.C., D.C. area. Most of the areas, except where the super elite live, are pretty economically depressed. Uh, he goes to uh, D.C. with Mariel Bowser. She is the uh, mayor of D.C. This is a woman who's defunded the police, done all of the horrible stuff, homelessness everywhere, the usual nonsense. Uh, and listen to this. Just watch. Just watch the freaking thing. So this is Anacostia, historic African-American neighborhood. In New York, they have neighborhoods. Here they have wards. So this is Ward 8. Uh, it's the typical social determinants of health, where they don't get good medical care, they have a high degree of HIV, high degree of COVID-19, the lowest level of vaccination. They're sort of the disenfranchised group that we got to reach out to. So the mayor is now with me, going to congratulate the people who are going to go out into the community to try and get people vaccinated. Hi, Madam May. Nice to see you. A real pleasure. Great to be. Oh, it's my pleasure. Good. To okay, we're going to show you more clips. This was the least ridiculous of all of them. But just even if you flash back to that, so he's wearing a mask in the car for the purposes of the doc. Then he meets up with the mayor in the economically depressed area. He also, the way he's driving around talking about the area, he, it's as if he's at like an African safari. Like, look at the animals over there and this over there. It's just awful. But then he walks up to the mayor with no mask on and shakes her hand. This is in the middle of social distancing and masking. It's just all utter nonsense. Anyway, then Fauci goes to the people. He starts knocking on doors to push people to get vaccinated. And I think he was frankly shocked that some of these people were not only pushing back, but knew what they were talking about. And we did catch Fauci in at least one lie here, enjoy. People in America are not settled with the information that's been given to us right now. So I'm not gonna be lining up taking a shot on a vaccination for something 
that wasn't clear in the first place. And then you all create a shot in miraculous time. It takes years to but create vaccination. Well, it, it used to take years. Okay, it used to. It, you it know used how to take you years. know how many years were invested in this in this approach? About twenty years of science to get us to be able to do it. Twenty years is not quickly. enough. And nine months is definitely not no. enough for nobody to be taking no vaccination that yeah. you all came up with. The only yeah. reason I'm talking to you right now, as close as we are, is that I've been vaccinated. Right. But if it allow thousands of people like you don't get vaccinated, you're going to let this virus continue to percolate in this country and in this world. Something like the common flu then, right? And, and not like, not it's like much the more serious flu. than the flu. Though. Well, the flu kills a lot of people annually yeah. too. You know how many people died of the flu the last year? I mean, not this year, virtually none, but the previous year, about 20 to 30,000. You know how many people have died from COVID-19 in the United States? 600,000 Americans. All right, there's so much there. First off, Bowser repeats the nonsensical thing that we, now, that we knew it was nonsensical then, but now it's like patently, absurdly nonsensical that somehow the unvaxxed are gonna be the ones spreading this thing. Right now we know if you are vaxxed and boosted and all of that stuff, you are just as likely to get COVID, you are just as likely to spread COVID. And in many cases, I have referenced this 4 billion times and you can watch my interview with Robert Malone, uh, you, you will possibly, he thinks likely, have a more degraded immune system because of the vaccines. Now, it's interesting that Fauci says that there were no flu deaths anymore uh, because we pulled some numbers on flu deaths. And you tell me if something strange is going on here. In 2018, there were 52,000 uh, flu deaths. In 2019, there were 28,000. In 2020, there were 25,000. And then all of the sudden in 2021, which is the year that this took place that he's talking about, there were only 5K. I'm starting to think that there might be a connection between all of these things. A lot of COVID deaths, not as many flu deaths. Could it be that the flu deaths were counted as COVID deaths and a whole bunch of other deaths? Somebody twisted their ankle and fell down the stairs. Turned out they had COVID. COVID death, there you go. Uh, that information was brought to you, by the way, by Statista. Anyway, I just love this guy. I don't know who the guy is at the top of the stairs there, but like he's got info. You guys rush this thing out and nine months of research and Fauci, it's 20 years of science. It's just that regular people. The reason I wanted to show this to you, and I know we're, we're all sort of moving past the COVID thing, but we can't forget what they did to us, is that regular people didn't all go insane. Lots of people did and celebrities did and politicians did and influencers did. But just like this, this normal, decent dude, just trying to live his life, young guy, he looks like he's, I don't know, maybe in his early thirties or something. And he's just like, you know, basically like, hey, you guys are rushing this thing out. I'm young and healthy. Why, why do we have to be doing this? Uh, here's part two of the video as Fauci walks away from that fine fella. Well, that, well the, the number that you all given that died, that's that once again, that's you all's number. You gonna pass. Yeah, definitely. Because when, right. when you start talking about paying people to get vaccinated, when you start talking about incentivizing things to get people vaccinated, it's something else going on with that. Something yeah. else, it's something it, else going I, on with that. It is something going yeah. on with something it. Else You're right. But I'm glad millions of people like me and almost everybody here didn't get an incentive. You know what their incentive was? Protecting their health and protecting the city. Well, but that, I, I, well, I won't keep you okay, anymore. It's okay, because my, 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 my incentive y'all campaign is about fear. It's about inciting fear in people. You all attack people with fear. That's what this pandemic is. It's a fear. It's fear, this pandemic. That's all it is. Ugh, and then Fauci putting on the hand stuff because he just talked to a regular citizen. 
just so gross. And, and she's so condescending, so condescending. And that guy's right. I'd like to find that guy's name. Like we, I'd love to do something for that guy. What can we, what can we do to help that guy? If anyone can find me his name, it would be great to do something for him because he got it. It was about fear. You people push this through. She's lying, right? Like in her condescending tone, you know, if you want to help other people and all that stuff, it's like, no, this is all just complete nonsense. Uh, but one more on from this thing, because th this is the one that really is just wild. When, when you now know in retrospect that for three plus years, uh, and we're basically three years now and like four days off two weeks to stop the spread, that's when they did it. Which by the way, yesterday was the three year anniversary of when we got Clyde because Clyde our dog, who you guys know, because uh, we got Clyde, our previous dog had just died, 16 years old, Emma, she lived a great life. We, we needed a little time between dogs, we were gonna take a little bit of a break and I was gonna be going on a book tour for Don't Burn This Book, my first book, which obviously got canceled because of COVID. Um, we weren't gonna get a dog for a while, but then I saw this story about how in LA they were gonna kill all these dogs and I literally ran to the shelter. They would not even let me in. I basically had to push my way in and I pretty much grabbed Clyde and they had already signed the thing to put him down that day. And I, and I grabbed him and he saved, we saved him and he, he's doing well. Just shows you how insane this whole, we have, there's COVID out there. We should kill as many dogs as possible. It's all insane. But all right, here's one more on this one. And here is Fauci. Remember, this is two plus years ago. Just everything he says here is complete nonsense. We now know this all to be complete nonsense. What are we gonna do about those other states? Oh my God. They're gonna keep the outbreak smoldering in the country. It's so crazy. I mean, they're not doing it because they say they don't want to do it. They're Republicans. They don't like to be told what to do. And we got to break that, you know, unpack that. How you guys doing with vaccine? Oh, we got to break that. Those people who don't like to be told what to do, those red state people, they're going to keep the disease spreading. All complete nonsense. The man is a liar. He should be shamed wherever he goes publicly. Uh, don't assault him physically, but he should be shamed. Uh, he should be ashamed himself to go anywhere, actually, and be seen in public. Forget, forget you saying something mean to him. Fauci, you're a bad man. He should actually be ashamed to be seen in public if he had any shame himself, but I think we're past the point of shame. He is the science. Let's not forget that. And those freaking Republicans who, we, who just, we can't bend and break. Are, is there anything worse than those people who make individual choices for themselves and think for themselves? My God, I can't imagine anything worse than that. You know who might say something like that? Someone who was a real authoritarian. Someone who believed that you could create a society where you could have certain set of rules and people would just have to exist within those rules and they wouldn't even know what is outside of those rules, sort of like Plato's The Cave, right? They, they would just know what you tell them to know and they would not know that there is an outside world. And it would be pretty sweet too if you could keep everybody on a little device like this and the government would know where they are all the time and what they're spending their money on all the time and where they're going and who they're talking to and what all their political uh, thoughts are, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that's funny because Fauci's kind of into that thing. And there is a place, it's a far place from here called China. Have you heard about this place? Communist China. And right now, guys, they are instituting something called a credit score. Uh, the Chinese credit score system. It is happening. It's particularly happening in these 15 minute cities that they're building in. And it is completely the direction we are moving in. At least the blue states are moving in. And that is exactly what Anthony Fauci wants. He wants a bunch of people you can break so they end up like this.
A good score brings benefits, but people with low scores lose rights. The cinema names and shames people considered untrustworthy, plastering their details, even their addresses, across big screens. It's a matter of principle. Those people have to be condemned. Those people aren't honest, so they have to pay the price. It's only right to pay your debts. You have to blacklist those that don't. The Supreme Court has created a blacklist for so-called bad citizens, those whose ratings have dropped to zero. On it are companies, but also 23 million people to date. Among them is this journalist Liu Hu. He got a little too close to uncovering corruption among high-profile party members. After being sued for defamation by the subject of a story he'd written, he was blacklisted. But he only realized when he tried to buy a train ticket and was told he was banned from traveling. That tells me I'm still on the blacklist. Punished because he's been branded untrustworthy by the state. Once you're blacklisted, you can no longer get a bank loan, start a business, buy an apartment, or even send your children to a private school. Yu Hu is among a tiny minority of people who have dared to criticize the system, which some are calling a digital dictatorship. I worry, because I think many people like me will be deprived of individual freedoms, and all of us will live with restrictions of one kind or another. Does it seem like too much of a jump to go from Fauci, who literally said he wanted to break people, to what is going on in China right now? I don't think it does. We are all walking around with this device, and once they can say you can't get on that train, you can't leave your 15-minute city, you can't pay that person this, you can't get a loan at this bank or even open up an account, et cetera, et cetera, you can see where all this is going. They want a bunch of mindless drone slaves. They want a bunch of non-playable characters, NPCs. And you know, it's funny, it feels like dystopian fiction uh, because reality has become dystopian fiction. I'm sure many of you watch the show Black Mirror on Netflix. Do you remember uh, the 2000, uh, 2017 episode called Nosedive? Here's just a little bite of it, and it has literally become reality in China and probably on the way here. Sweet. You want a cookie with that? It's on the house. Sounds awesome. <laughs> See you tomorrow, JJ. See you, Lacey. <laughs> oh, saw your boy in the fire hat just now. So cute. Yeah, he's really something. <laughs> We're not that far from it. I'm sorry to freak you out on this Tuesday, but like that's kind of where we're all headed with this thing. So you just have to link these pieces together. And as I said yesterday, look, you got to walk into the fire, know what reality is, know, know what seems to be coming one way or another, but then support the people that are trying to fight these things. When you find political leaders that are actually doing something against these things, whether that means you have to disconnect from some level of this in your own life, and I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to anyone else right now, like, 
this is what's happening. And COVID ushered, that's why the COVID thing, um, even though it, we're past it, I know if you're watching this, you've mentally been past it for a while and, and all of that. And you probably fought way more than the average person did. And maybe they broke you to some extent and maybe you got guilted into or forced into getting vaccinated or you had your own reasons or whatever. But the reason it's worth showing these things still, the reason it's worth showing that guy standing on the top of the stairs, you know, basically mocking Fauci uh, and then Fauci walking away with his tail between his legs is we have to remember there are other good people out there because otherwise we will end up in a society where you will be walking around grading everybody and degrading everybody. And what do you do when 23 million people in a society can't bank, can't get jobs, can't participate in society the way other people can? What do you do with those people? Like how far would it be before you're like, I guess we have to kill those people or put them into camps because they're a drain on society. First off, they're evil. That's why the system has kicked them out and they're pretty evil. I mean, this is basically Squid Game. If you want to go to another Netflix show, like how far are we from Squid Game? Or if you're a child of the eighties, how about uh, Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Anyway, I'm freaking people out this morning, but at least we kept it relatively clean and on that note, let's talk about Manscaped real quick. Uh, I've got some breaking news for you people. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new beard hedger. I mean, look at my beard right now. My eye may not be right, but the beard is looking pretty solid. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com slash Dave and using code Dave. I've got the trimmer right here and look at this case. Is that, is that solid? Look at that thing right there. Uh, manscaped.com slash Dave and uh, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. My beard has never looked better once I started using Manscaped. The Pro Beard Kit starts with a beard hedger, which has a waterproof titanium coated T-blade, followed with a beard shampoo, conditioner, oil, and balm. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. Get 20% off and free shipping with code Dave at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Dave. And now back to me. All right, so as long as we're talking about China here and the, and the social credit system that in some ways is already being put into the United States. I mean, we already know that some people can't get bank accounts, that some people can't get on social media sites. Some of that has been walked back a little bit with Elon Musk, but we already have some version of it, who we associate, why we associate with certain people or don't. Uh, so let's move on to, to bigger issues with China, because another thing that's happening right now is there seems to be a worldwide realignment of geopolitics and China and Russia, who are, uh, I guess you would say not great countries when it comes to human rights and democratic values and individual rights and human expression. Uh, they're kind of getting in bed together. And it's partly because of what we've done here related to Ukraine and energy and a bunch more. So President Xi of China met with Vladimir Putin. Putin hasn't been seen much lately, but they met. And uh, here's a little bit from their meeting. I believe this is, it's either yesterday or the day before. Uh, 
Okay, so I'm gonna show you a bit of their talk in just a second, um, but what's interesting about this is China and Russia, they're geopolitical foes of ours, right? It doesn't mean you have to wanna to be at war with either one of them, but the fact is they're, the ethos of these countries, particularly I would say China, uh, is completely anti-American. Their entire system is anti-American. They love communist control and collectivism. It is the reverse of everything America is supposed to be about, the beacon that we are of freedom to the world. They are the reverse of that. Um, you know, I've interviewed several people on this sort of thing. I remember Blake Masters, who you guys remember, he ran for Senate in Arizona. He talked about how, you know, when we engaged with China over the last decade or so, we really thought that China would see our free market, see our way of life, see freedom, and China would become more like us. But unfortunately, we've actually become more like China. And now because of this Ukraine situation, we've actually started to push China and Russia together because the entire world is looking at alliances and going, is the United States reliable? Is the dollar valuable? Do, do they have a moral authority anymore? Like maybe we have to look at other places for energy and commerce, et cetera, et cetera. So here is President Xi praising Putin and you can clearly see this is, this is an assault on the United States. All right, so these guys are buddy-buddy right now. Two countries that, you know, we have major issues with, one of whom I would argue, in essence, we are at war with Russia. At some point when you fund the war, when you fund Ukraine to the tilt and give them weapons and give them endless money, whether Congress has declared war, whether our president with dementia has said we're at war, at some point we're at war. So in essence, we're, we're there already. We're at war uh, with Russia. And China is going to continue to encroach. And by the way, they're, they're watching, they're trying to figure out what they can do with Hong Kong and Taiwan and all of this stuff. Um, but let's pause on that for a moment and think about, well, wait a minute, what else is different from say today than maybe like three years ago? Cause this wasn't happening three years ago, right? There was no Ukraine war three years ago. As you guys know, Putin did take Crimea under Obama, but then didn't do anything under that orange man. And why is it that Russia and China weren't that friendly under Orange Man? Why is it that Russia wasn't invading Ukraine under Orange Man? Well, it might be that Orange Man knew a little something about leadership and about, uh, let's say, how to get countries to kind of behave the way you roughly wish they would. Tucker Carlson was on the Full Send podcast a couple of days ago, and he explained just that. Trump said he could close that in 24 hours if he wanted to. Do you think he could? I have no idea. I mean, he couldn't build a border wall in four years. So, you know, there is a gap between promises and delivery with all politicians, very much including him. But I will say in Trump's defense, and maybe because he's a little bit autistic, he saw the stakes of this, like at the very beginning, he's like, you don't want, and this is what I do love about Trump, particularly in foreign policy. He sees the big stuff. He's like, wait. You've got Russia and China. They don't trust each other. We can't let them get together. They'll kick our ass. And we'll be, we're not, not going to fight a war against them, one hopes, but we'll definitely be taking orders from them. Definitely. No. And he said that five years ago when everyone's like, shut up, racist. <laughs> okay. He's 
racist. But is he wrong? Like, what? What do you address the question? Shut up, racist. Okay, all right, all right, all right. He's a racist. All right, got it. But he says, if we start a war by proxy against Russia, Russia will align with China and we'll be fine. Like, how do you, do you think that's true or not? Shut up. I mean, they would never address it. And that's when I was like, whatever you think of Trump, these people are speaking in bad faith. They're stupid. They're also the ones who got us into the Iraq. Do you see why the machine's always going after Tucker too? Tucker is really good right there. Tucker did what I think anyone who is honest uh, would do. It's what I try to do here. You know, at first they're talking about the wall. Trump promised the wall, he didn't get the wall. So maybe he can't do all the things he wants. Nobody is above reproach. Nobody is above criticism. Uh, I'm getting a lot of pushback suddenly on the, on the Twitter machine, maybe because I'm spending a little too much time here too, uh, because I've been uh, defending DeSantis related to the whole Trump nonsense. Uh, but what he's saying there is, okay, so he got some things right, some things wrong, but he did see the big picture on this thing that we could end up in this weird proxy war and thus push Russia and China closer together. Uh, but it's not just that Trump had the right instincts on this stuff. It's that our current leadership in DC, the compromised, befuddled buffoon Joe Biden, who's obviously not in charge, and then the litany of diversity hires and half-crocked swamp creatures that he has put into positions of power either have no idea what they're doing or are intentionally trying to destroy our, our alliances, wreck the economy, et cetera, et cetera. So now we got a couple videos for you related to what's going on uh, with Russia. Uh, so Pentagon press secretary, John Kirby, we've shown you this guy a couple times. He's, he's really, I mean, look, Corinne Jean-Pierre is the worst of the worst. Most of the spokespeople for this administration are horrible. This guy's just another terrible one. I mean, I will give him credit. He can put a couple sentences together. He, he doesn't seem as like blatantly idiotic as Corinne Jean-Pierre, cringe Jean-Pierre, uh, but he ain't very good. And listen to whether there should be a ceasefire. This is CNN's Caitlin Collins asking uh, John Kirby if there could be a ceasefire, what our feelings about a ceasefire would be. A ceasefire, meaning that we would at least temporarily end the war so we could all talk, sort some things out, figure out what's what. You'd think we might be for that, considering we're endlessly funding this thing, we got our own problems at home. Here's Kirby's take on that. Are you expecting any tangible agreements to come out of this summit with Putin and Xi? Difficult to know, Caitlin. Uh, obviously, we're not part of these discussions, so uh, we'll see what these two leaders uh, actually come out and say at the end of this. I guess it's going to be a couple of days here of uh, of their meeting and that agenda. So we'll see. Uh, but as you know, we've we've been very very uh, public about any concerns uh, about some sort of a ceasefire announcement right now. We all want to see peace. We all want to see this war end. It could end today if Mr. Putin did the right thing. But a ceasefire called right now would basically just ratify Russia's conquest and give Mr. Putin more time to re-equip and uh, retrain and, uh, and restart operations at a time and a place of his choosing. So if they call for a ceasefire, you believe Ukraine should and will reject that? Yes, we do. And we would uh, reject it as well. We think that that's an unacceptable outcome right now. Uh, obviously, we want the fighting to stop. We want the war to be over. And as I said, it could end today if Mr. Putin would do the right thing. But to call for a ceasefire right now basically ratifies what they've been able to grab inside Ukraine and gives them time and space uh, to prepare for future operations. And that's just not going to be acceptable. He actually said the quiet part out loud there. Did you catch that? We would reject it. It's not just that 
Ukraine would re reject the ceasefire. Now you would think everyone keeps telling us Ukraine is being destroyed, all of these people are de being displaced, and that obviously is true to some extent. And again, I believe in the sovereignty of nations, so you can't just invade another nation. There should be uh, repercussions for that, and it's the duty of every nation to defend its borders as it sees fit. Every single nation on earth should do that. Uh, that is the purpose of a nation state, right? Uh, but that we would reject it. But wait a minute, I didn't realize, are we at war? Aha, perhaps we are, as I've been saying. We actually are at war. And if we are the ones funding the war, I'm pretty sure we have a little influence when it comes to whether Ukraine would accept a ceasefire or not, right? So do you think that the military industrial complex here in the United States wants to continue this or not? It obviously wants to continue it. And that's one of the reasons they were so pissed at Trump. That is just the truth. He was ending wars. We didn't have any crazy military adventures. He was wrapping things up, but they want continued push on this. Uh, Kirby also went on Fox News Sunday to tell people that no, we should not have a ceasefire. We have to keep going. And uh, that Putin guy does have nukes, but uh, you know, let's not worry about that. If coming out of this meeting, there's some sort of call for a ceasefire, well, that's just going to be unacceptable because all that's going to do, Mike, is ratify Russia's conquest to date. All that's going to do is give Mr. Putin more time to refit, retrain, reman, uh, and try to, uh, to, to plan for, for renewed off offensives at a time of his choosing. Uh, we hope... And we've said this before, that, Mr. that President Xi will call and talk to President Zelensky because we believe the Chinese need to get the Ukrainian perspective. Who, who cares what we believe? We believe that Xi should just call Putin and Putin should call Zelensky and they should just wrap this thing up. That's what we believe. And we're just a bunch of nice people. So could you just do what we wish, even though we're funding the thing? It's just these people don't understand basic diplomacy. One of the things that Trump did that was absolutely incredible I mentioned this the other day, you know, he dropped that mother of all bombs, MOABs, right at the beginning. Can you see when, when did he drop that thing? It was like within months, I think, of his presidency, he dropped that thing. And everyone was going crazy. Trump's going to start World War III. You see what he's done. And then remember, he killed the Iranian general. And people said, Trump's going to kill, start World War III. He's bananas. What? And none of that happened. Because what he did was he said, we're a little erratic. I'm a little nuts. We drop big bombs occasionally. And what that does is it makes the enemy or the opposition go, boy, we don't know what this guy's gonna do. He dropped that mother of all bombs on April 14th, 2017. So pretty early on in his presidency. And then nobody messed with us. But now it's become very obvious that Xi and Putin feel like, ah, Biden, the United States, what are they gonna do? They're gonna give the Ukrainians, oh, oh, oh no, they've got three more tanks. What are we gonna do? They don't fear the United States and you get peace through a certain degree of fear, right? Speak softly and carry a big stick. Somebody said that. That was not a sexual joke, Daphne. That was just a, that was a foreign policy statement. Here's uh, Peter Ducey from Fox asking Kirby once again, here's Kirby again, if Putin and Xi fear Joe Biden. These two leaders though, do you think that Putin and Xi fear President Biden? You'd have to ask them whether, whether they fear or, or they not. Okay. It is not about fear. It's about President Biden advancing our foreign policy goals around the world. It's about President Biden revitalizing these alliances and partnerships. It's about President Biden and what he's doing to preserve our national security interests around the world. That's what we're focused on. 
It's just meaningless drivel. If they fear you, they might actually do some of the things you want. It's not about fear. It's about President Biden making sure he can put his shoes on, which I'm pretty sure he can't even do that. It just endlessly, every, every, that's what I'm trying to show you guys. At every level of this government, whether I'm showing you things from Corinne Jean-Pierre or we're showing you Janet Yellen or we're showing you John Kirby or we're showing you Mayorkas at the border, every single one of these people is unqualified to do their job. So we'll get into the 2024 thing in a second, but whether you like Trump or you like DeSantis or you like Nikki Haley or Vivek, you must vote for these people. You must support these people. We have to remove this administration that is actively destroying our country basically at every possible turn. Uh, Ducey continued here. He asked uh, uh, Kirby again about Putin and Xi and do they even care about what Biden thinks? Since he's been president, he has talked tough. He tried to pressure Putin and Xi. Uh, to act right or risk their standing on the world stage? Does he see now that they don't care? I think if you ask a lot of Russians, they certainly care. I mean, this, the, their economy is, is uh, barely being propped up by some pretty radical measures by, by Mr. Putin. Their military has uh, been uh, roundly embarrassed inside Ukraine, um, and they continue to lose uh, uh, ground there. You gotta love that. The Russian economy is barely being propped up by radical measures. How's our economy doing? We're printing money like drunken sailors. Do drunken sailors print money? Not, I don't know what they do, those drunken sailors. They, I guess they bury treasure and then they lose the treasure and then they get scurvy and the whole situation. But we had a bank run last week. We bailed out our banks last week. So do you think we're doing so great here, but the Russians are really freaking out? It's just such, it's, it's a shell game, right? Never, never keep your eye on the ball. Just watch the shells moving and moving and moving. So let's go back to Trump for a second because Trump uh, did not cause wars while he was president. As Tucker said, he did some erratic things so that people wondered and he saw the big picture. He saw the blue sky. You don't want to take two big countries that you have major issues with and force them together, which is literally what is happening today. Uh, so here's Trump a couple days ago revealing uh, how he would end the war in a day. Before I arrive at the Oval Office, shortly after I win the presidency, I will have the disastrous war between Russia and Ukraine settled. It'll take 24 hours if it's not done before then. What a shame that is. It's a horrible thing taking place. I could get that thing settled. It would have never happened if I were president. Zero chance. And even the Democrats admit that. Even the Democrats say, no, if Trump were president. And President Putin knows, could do. We used to talk about it. They can't do it. You're not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, you can't really argue with that. Look, can Trump, could Trump, if he was president, end this thing in 24 hours? That's probably a little bit of hyperbole. But the simple truth is it did not happen under his watch. And I, what he said there, Putin and I used to talk about this. And basically you're not gonna do this right now. You don't know what we are gonna do, but nobody fears the United States and nobody respects Biden. It's, it really is as simple as that. You don't have to really understand everything about geopolitics to just understand basic stuff about strength and weakness. And that really is what it is. But the system does not like Donald Trump, obviously. There is this nonsense, you know, supposedly today was the day he was gonna be arrested uh, by this uh, New York City DA, this Soros-funded DA, Alvin Bragg. You know, even on Friday when this thing broke, 
we had a couple of people over for dinner and I was telling everyone like, I don't think he's getting arrested on Tuesday. That's why I also didn't think that DeSantis nor anyone else had to immediately rush to his defense because it, it sort of felt like he was just putting a trial balloon out there. Like, if I'm, I'm just going to say this crazy thing and let's see how everyone reacts. And of course, everyone fell for the bait and everyone's fighting. You didn't say this then and Trump did this and blah, blah, everyone's fighting about everything. But the point is they are obviously uh, Alvin Bragg, New York City DA, the machine around him, the DNC, they are obviously trying to do everything. They are throwing that freaking kitchen sink off the roof, hoping that it hits Donald Trump on the head 12 floors down. That's what they're going for because they fear him and they should fear him. They should also fear DeSantis. They should fear everybody at this point because they're a bunch of incompetent buffoons. But Harmeet Dillon, you guys know Harmeet, she ran for head of the RNC, did not work out. Uh, but she's also a spectacular First Amendment lawyer and an endless fighter for free speech and for actual due process and things like that that we used to care about. She went on Tucker last night to talk about this, this absolute farce of an investigation into Trump coming out of New York City. This prosecution, if it uh, comes through, is absolutely baseless. It's ludicrous. It has been rejected not only by the FEC, as you mentioned, but also by federal prosecutors and also by prior uh, prosecutors of New York State. So this is really well past its sell-by date A. It, it does not fly in court. It is frivolous. And what you are looking at really, Tucker, is the mother of all election interference here, like you right. said in your uh, lead into this. They are doing everything possible to make sure that Trump either does not run or is too distracted to run or can't raise funds to run, et cetera, et cetera, because they, they hate him, they fear him, whatever, whatever you want to call it at this point with Trump. Now, uh, I would say next to that, sort of right side by side with that, is that something good actually is happening with the Republicans right now. What have I been saying since the midterms? The Republicans now have a chance, right? So you got the House, McCarthy is the leader, you can start doing the correct hearings, which they're starting to do. We're finding out more information about collusion between the government and big tech related to free speech. Uh, they immediately got rid of those. They defunded that uh, 87,000 IRS agents. Like they're doing some good things. They seem to be fighting the right fights. And Kevin McCarthy, who a lot of people are very critical of Kevin McCarthy. I'm going to be interviewing him in a couple days. Uh, we're doing it next week, right? That's next week? Yeah, next week. Uh, I'm going to D.C. to interview him with a live audience. We're taking 100 locals, community members uh, over to D.C. and we're doing that. And then a couple other things. Uh, if you're in the locals community, you probably know what we're doing. If you're not, sorry, you don't know, but I gave you a little taste right there. Uh, McCarthy is, uh, is stepping up and uh, listen to his statement on what's going on with Trump right now. It doesn't matter what side of the issue you're on. It doesn't matter if this was President Trump or if this was a Democrat. It should be equal justice in America. And stop going after people because you have political differences. I don't think people should protest this, no. And I, I, I think President Trump, if you talk to him, he doesn't believe that either. I mean, I think, I think the thing that you may misinterpret when, the, when President Trump talks when someone says that they can protest, he would probably be referring to my tweet, educate people about what's going on. He's not talking in a harmful way, and nobody should. Nobody should harm one another. Okay, so you could see that what the media was trying to do there was lay the trap again, because Trump on Truth Social put out there that, you know, people should protest in honor of this, or in, in protest of this, you know, this nonsensical farce. 
you could see the way the MSNBC clowns and the rest of the media, ah, you see, he's trying to get people out there again, January 6th again, here we go. Of course, nothing has happened. And he didn't say violently protest and he didn't say burn anything down or shoot anybody or anything else. But the point of all of this is that this is all leading to 24, right? Like that's what this is all about, obviously. They don't want Trump. They don't want DeSantis either. And they'll deal with, as I said, they, they're going to call uh, DeSantis Trump with a calculator once they figure out how to get rid of Trump. So like there's a litany of things that these people can do. And there's almost no bottom to that, to that hole where they will always go to, to just do horrible things. Uh, but a lot of it could backfire, you know, just remember like in America, anything can happen. As I learned on election night in 2016, or as many of us learned when Trump became president, anything can still happen in America. And uh, Andrew Claven, you guys know Andrew Claven from the Daily Wire. Uh, he was the one that really sort of got that going in my mind that night, because on that night, election night, although Hillary didn't concede till the next day, if you remember, um, what he said was, look, it looks like the thing that everyone said couldn't happen just happened. That's a beautiful thing in America. So even though it feels like all the screws are being turned against us right now, and we can talk about Chinese social credit system, and we can see this alliance between China and Russia and the nonsense of ESG and all of the woke stuff. So it feels like there's this, like the walls are closing in on us, right? They're always telling us the walls are closing in on Trump, but it feels like they're closing in on us. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. And I think a lot of people see that. Uh, Elon Musk uh, responding to Viva Frey. You guys know Viva Frey. We've had him on the show a bunch of times. Uh, Viva tweeted out, if this happens, it will be the beginning of Trump's reelection. And he's referring to this, this prosecution. And if they were to actually arrest and fingerprint Trump and all that, Elon responded and said, if this happens, Trump will be reelected in a landslide victory. Okay, so Elon Musk gets it. The, this is what these weirdos do. They butterfly effect this entire thing, right? Like uh, you, they make these things bigger. It's just like, let, let Trump run and let the Republicans decide, is, is this the future of the Republican party? Is DeSantis the future? Whatever it might be. But instead, they just want to pile on and endless, the vindictive, vindictiveness and the endlessness. Uh, it just does not stop. But what I'm very happy about, all of this being said, is there is going to be a wide swath of Republicans who are going to be pretty decent. You may not like this one because of foreign policy. You may not like that one because they didn't say what you wanted to say the day they said it. And you may have loyalty to this guy or whatever else it is. But right now, Trump, DeSantis, again, we don't even know if DeSantis is running, but the point is Trump, DeSantis, Vivek, Nikki Haley. It sounds like Pompeo's gonna get in. Tim Scott might get in. Like this is a much better cast of characters than the Democrats put up last time. And they're gonna have to battle out. It's gonna get nasty. Some of you will probably turn on me. I'll turn on you. We'll see what happens here. People will take out my other eye. It's gonna be a bloodbath. But the point is there are good people involved, whether you agree with them 100%. And one of the things that I am going to try to do is interview every single candidate that announces. Now, it's obviously gonna be a bunch of Republicans, but if some Democrats get involved too, to primary Biden, I'll try to interview them as well. The first, and I wanna do these all absolutely in person, not on the phone, not in Skype. We will go to people, they can come to us, whatever it is. So we've been reaching out to all the campaigns. The first person that we sat down with uh, was Nikki Haley just a couple days ago, and here she is talking about her campaign. You know, I mean, look, I'm a decisive person. Yeah. I didn't need to wait. I didn't need to wait to see who else was going to get in. I didn't need to wait or worry about anything else. I think if you're going to do this, you have to do it because you know this is what you want and you know this is what you think you can do for the country. And so we were ready. And, you know, it's been a month 
and it's been a whirlwind, but we're working and all is good. All right, there's going to be a bunch of decent candidates, people who know what time it is, people who know how to tie their shoes and people who have done good things in the past. Nikki ran a really successful uh, run as governor of South Carolina. She was extremely good as Trump's US ambassador to the UN. And hopefully we just get more and more of these people. Actually tomorrow, I think I'm gonna be the first guest on Vivek Ramaswamy's uh, new podcast. And he called me yesterday and he said, let's just talk about stuff, stuff we agree on, stuff we disagree on. He said, go as hard as on me as you want and let's see what happens. So the more of that, the better. We're not fighting the best of the best guys. That really is the truth. And once again, I was not punched by a DeSantis goon on the street for saying gay. I have some sort of mild infection in my left eye and we're gonna deal with it at 1.15 at the local dermatologist. And speaking of local, if you wanna join us in about 36 seconds at rubenreport.locals.com, we have an iOS and Android app. You can chat with me live. Let's do it. Uh, by the way, that uh, interview with Nikki Haley, part one is up on YouTube and Rumble right now. The full thing is up already at Locals. We leave you with Kamala Harris and March Madness. Listen to this wizard, and I'll see everybody else in just a moment. Thanks, guys. all us bison so so proud you showed the world who bison are you know i was at howard back in the day where we were just happy that there was a game <laughs> much less getting to this place right and i see bison literally all over the world and we've been talking about you this team you make us so proud so i know you may not be feeling great right now okay but know who you are. You are excellence. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.